I'm Sir Flobojan Thunderhammer. And I'm Teflon Frosthammer. And I'm Cabbage Tidehammer. And this is Whack. If Ampgard Knighthood means anything, you can't knife a motherfucker and keep it. And the thing that people need to understand essentially about arts and sciences events is that your scores don't matter. You want a black phoenix or a white phoenix? Jeez, language, man. We're yeah, on right. a freaking podcast, for fuck's sake. Mind-blowing experience, <laughs> right? Hello, everyone, and welcome to WACT, where we discuss topics important to the AmpGuard community at large and talk with interesting people from around the foam-fighting world. Uh, Lucas, why don't you describe what's going on? Yeah, the last episode we, we, uh, that, that we were on, uh, we talked about some format changes that were going to be happening, and um, Cabbage had a really interesting direction that uh, that that Jeff and I hadn't thought about, but we feel is super super important to touch on. <laughs> yeah, so we've done forty three episodes, and we have never actually tackled the question of, hey, what the hell even is Amped Guard? No matter how hard you tried earlier on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, so. We've we've had a lot of people who are friends of ours who don't actually play Amped Guard, but they've listened to the podcast and they're like, hey, this is really interesting. What are you guys talking about? Yeah, this was definitely started as a silly, you know, fun time outreach for our kingdom and for other kingdoms uh, to to listen to and to find useful and to get to know some of the the big names in the in the game and some of the people that we feel like deserve to be better known. It didn't occur to us that it may also be a recruitment tool. Well, we've had a lot of people say like, oh, I got back into AmpGuard because of it. Yeah. Or like, hey, I sent this to a friend and they've come out three times now. Like we've had some pretty good feedback. And yeah, like you said, we never thought of it as a recruitment tool. Um, but this is our next, I guess, mini arc. Like we did the belt months and that took four months. Hopefully this this won't take four months, I don't think. <laughs> Maybe a couple of episodes. In my So uh, this is new for us as well. I actually have written an outline with talking points. Oh, wow, yeah. We can't this, have that. Well, this is for, you know, kind of new player-centric, but also it needs to be somewhat structured. So we actually have that this time. But in, in the start of my outline, I have in this uh, episode series, because <laughs> I still haven't paced it out yet. This will kind of dictate the pacing, and then we can figure out you know what to do from there. Yeah, so I know that all of us have touched on how we got into AmpGuard, but why don't we take a moment to talk about like LARP in general as if you were giving a sales pitch to someone who was brand new didn't know anything about it and you wanted them to come out next week uh, how would you describe Amped Guard and I'll even include Bell and Dag and any of the other Boffer style games in this right it depends on who comes up like what their personality is and, and things too. Like if they're my name's Josh and I lift a lot, bro. I yeah, mean, no, I'm like, gonna sell it as a medieval combat sport rather than a LARP necessarily because there's unfortunately negative connotations that are still associated to it. Some, but well, that's a good first point. Go ahead. Well, Go I was ahead. gonna say to be really broad, lots of things are a LARP. To answer the initial question, what is a LARP? Fucking wrestling is a LARP. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, sure. But yeah, like 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 Teflon says, there's some negative connotations with that. With wrestling? Nah. No, well, yes. <laughs> yes, actually. See also South Park, but but like just with LARP in general. Yeah, agreed. And I do the same thing. Um, being able to read the person that's walking up, I think is maybe one of the key things. And I, in the past, have seen this delegated to specific people at your park rather than a position. Because you have some people that are just better. Uh, you guys remember uh, Chunk. Mm-hmm. Chunk was wonderful. He could... Chunk could talk to anybody. He was our person that went up and talked to new people because he could read people. And you're not lying to them, right? 
No. Um, you're emphasizing the points that... Uh, that Seem can, like it's going to be more important to that person than, than other things. Well, I mean, this is, this is again, it's marketing 101, right? You've got to find the thing that they need most. And, That's right. And, and, and give it, it front to center. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, very, very broad definition for, for Ampgard or Dagahir or Belagarth is this is a uh, community that comes out. Uh, we fight. It's not scripted. Um, you are able to uh, pick up different kinds of weapon combinations, some of which would be very historical, like sword and board, or and some of which are not historical at all, like some of the weapons that Beefy has been making recently. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, fuck, what was I going to say? Oh, so um, I, I, I want to get to, because we're actually touching on some, some stuff that I have in the we are, yeah. points here, um, and we can cover the, the outline if we want to. Um, but like these are topics I want to dig into a bit more. Um, do you want me to just start by going over the outline, kind of what we're going to cover? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Read from so, a PowerPoint. I think that's what people want to hear. Yeah, well, it's not a PowerPoint. It's a very bulleted list with uh, multiple different levels. <laughs> is this going to be linked? So in the it show just doesn't notes? have slides, but it's it's a PowerPoint. Yeah. <laughs> is this going to be linked in the show notes? It will not be linked in the show notes. I don't think. Um, once we have this outline fully fleshed out, I will publish it somewhere. Maybe the last episode, basically. Yeah, and then like, well. Also, once we have all of these episodes, I can put them on their own category on YouTube and put this outline on every one and mm-hmm. say, you know, we're covering this part of the outline in this episode. And that can be the show notes. But for the meantime, I think as we... We're going to kind of build this plane as we fly it, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, so, yeah, we're going to uh, we're gonna do that. Um, so let me, let me cover the outline really quick. Um, and the reason I'm doing this is because, um, and I have this in my, my little quote up here, we are bound to get some things wrong. Um, oh, yeah. And so this is one where audience participation is highly, highly welcomed. If you have notes, drop them on Facebook, drop them on YouTube. We do read that stuff. Um, and I also have a bit here where we say audience corrections will be addressed at the top of each episode. So if we if we do get something wrong or if there's a different opinion, we will make sure to cover that at the start of each next episode. Um, so in this episode series, we'll be answering the question, what even is that game you're always talking about? We're aiming to be as detailed as we can, but we're bound to miss a few things along the way. We're going to post documentation where we can, and we're going to try to point to other useful resources when we don't have all of the answers. Um, and some of these things, even in this first bit that I've got here, are so exhaustive that I'm going to tell people, hey, go read this on your own because it's buck wild. <laughs> yeah. So just... Er, early Amp Guard is... Uh, the wild, wild west. Early yeah. Amp Guard, Amp like Guard. the guy who made it, just starting there and then moving off. Like, it's, yeah, right. It's, it's crazy. Um so part one, and I'm not going to get on all of the, the sub bits just yet, but what even is Amphgard? Um And that includes like the meaning of the name, how it started, all that. Um, how does it work? And we're going to talk about the social structures and the combat, of course. Um, we're going to do the who, what's, when, where's, and why. So when is it, where is it, how people can find a park and, and all of that. Um, what the various positions are, you know, who takes up leadership positions, how you can help, why you might play. And then we're also going to talk about what else is out there. Um, and so we're hoping to have some folks that are more familiar with those other games like Belagarth or Dagger here, uh, to, to come on and tell us, you know, what it is their game is about and how it differs, uh, from what we normally do. Um, actually in our, I don't know if you saw this, uh, Teflon, cause I know you were on the way when you sent the message through, but, uh, we actually, the, the Darkon Wargaming group, like the official group followed us. <laughs> I did see that. Yeah. So we might be able to get somebody from Darkon on as well to talk about what they do. That would be really cool. Cause Dar- I, they're Darkon, not if you're listening area. to this post on, uh, the whacked Facebook page, which will be linked in 
Uh, just shoot us a message. That's that's probably it's you know yeah yeah that way that way you know you're not super limited to anything. Um, but because like that, I, I watched the Darkon documentary and it was kind of cool. Like their their giant map system. Anyway, um, we also have a newbie corner, which is kind of the last thing we're gonna do. This is, um, you know, how long should I go before I buy gear? What should I commit to? What's the first weapon I should the 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 questions that everybody has when they start out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a broad overview of the outline. Uh, we will add things as we. You know, we'll, we'll try to nest them in, but I've kind of picked the broadest categories uh, that I can to narrow down on. So do we want to start with just point number one? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So what even is AmpGuard? Um, talk about that for a second. Like explain to me in your own words what you think AmpGuard is and how, and again, like Flo said, <laughs> how would you explain this to a newbie that walked up for the first time? Sure. So, uh... Ooh, better example, sell AmpGuard to your younger self. Like when you were first starting out, knowing what it is now. You're not going to have anything else, Gary. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, no, seriously. I, the way that I have often pitched AmpGuard to people, and this isn't, being able to read someone is important. Um, The, I would have, I was definitely sold more towards the, this is like a fighty game uh, aspect of it. I, I role played at the time. I still role play today, but looking at my 18-year-old self, that was what the person who sold me on the game thought would work better. So know that there's not only one approach. Uh, the the points that, rather than going through my actual spiel, I want to cover the points that I go over because those are the same no matter what. Yep. Um, the points are this. Uh, we are a live-action combat game. Um, if you've ever seen any of the videos online of people in the full armor that are going at each other sometimes in a boxing ring and sometimes not it's a little like that except instead of padding ourselves with full armor we pad our weapons it's cheaper because we have work on mondays yeah it's an inverse sca <laughs> yeah that's right uh no offense to anyone that plays sca zeb the um <laughs> but he just gets hurt he every does. week he's like look at this bruise on my shoulder yeah, it's right. blue and i'm like that's it, bad it's shaped like the state of missouri i don't know if you want to go with the gets hurt every week uh, angle there flow how's your ankles doing oh they're doing great <laughs> um but yeah i will cover that this is a live action uh, combat that its basis is medieval so you'll see people using swords and shields and pole arms and things like that um, we have bows. We have throwing weapons. Any weapon you can think of, just about, we can make legal to some degree. Um, there's some things like shield bows because our rulebook writers are cowards that they won't let us have. But <laughs> I'm, Thank you, rulebook writers. Um, and pole flails were removed. Anyways. <laughs> that I, was word. Kind of a good thing. Yeah. So I cover what it is, which for me is just the basic breakdown of we are a uh, a combat-centric game. Um, I cover, uh, I, I move directly from there into the wider, uh, branch. So, uh, I, I've talked about the combat, but combat's not all that we do. I personally learned how to cook from our game. I learned how to sew from our game. I learned how to do as odd as it sounds like basic repairs to my home from our game, because I picked up basic woodworking skills and things like that along the way. Uh, there is an entire arts and crafts system built in. There are people that sew, do leatherworking, weaving, um, woodworking, uh, anything that you can think of that would have been a craft back then. We can probably find someone to to help you if if that's a direction that you want to go. And there's even different uh, you know levels of investment monetarily that you can do into yep. the ANS. 
AmpGuard itself has uh, no cost to play at all. You can play AmpGuard every single week for free, uh, forever. Yep. Um, you can go uh, in. We have loaner weapons at our park, and so you don't even. I I sell the fact that they don't need anything to get started. You don't need weapons. You don't need any money to play. Mm -hmm. You just need to show up, bring your friends and family, have a good time. We are a family-friendly environment. So just to kind of recap everything there, go into the combat stuff, pivot from that into the fact that there's arts and science uh, in the game as well. And do when you're, when you're talking to someone about this, do not talk their ear off. Practice what you're going to say ahead of time and be... Uh, do not be verbose this in the description. This is why we don't let Flo talk to our newbies when they wonder <laughs> up. Yeah, right. Do not be ver- uh, verbose in your descriptions because they don't know what this is. You're, you're selling them on the first idea. And if you spend 35 minutes on one topic, whether they like that topic or not, you'll lose them. Yep. So you'll notice that, that what I've been saying is relatively brief, you know, dis- with the clarifications and stuff that we've given. Right. Uh, and, and silly talk. But yeah, fighting, ANS. Uh, the structure. I go, go into the structure of how it works. It's so, silly talk. Yeah, is the, the Ministry of Silly Talks. Yeah. <laughs> um, I go into the structure of how it works uh, because that's something that can really pull people in. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, the park that you're looking at right now, uh, Mystic Glade, is a barony. <laughs> I said it right. Uh-huh. Um, the is a barony. Um, this is set up just like a medieval system would be where you have shires and baronies and duchies and we're a part of a kingdom which covers a large geographic area and there's kingdoms all over the United States and in other parts of the world, um, the Canada and things like that. So uh, that's a point of interest that people will like. And then I go into the battle games. We also have a battle gaming system here. The easiest way that I describe it, whether someone looks like they're, you know, Johnny, I'm going to eat sticks for the rest of my life, or someone that looks like they fell straight out of a, a, a D&D cosplay, mm-hmm. I sell it to them the exact same way. Well, so you just touched on something there I want to, I want to divert for yeah, a second. Go ahead. Um, so a lot of our guests, if you've listened to the previous 43 episodes and you're still wondering what AmpGuard is, um, you'll hear most of them have gotten in through some kind of D&D background. And yep. people make a lot of comparisons of our game to Dungeons & Dragons. Um, what do you say about that? Because my personal opinion is that no, like it's nothing like D and D, because uh, D and D has that like six seconds per round of combat, and it's very slow paced, and you have time to think. Um, this, like, what would you compare this game to? Like, like point blank, because that's that's the thing. Like, oh, is it like League of Legends? And wow, like, Battlegrounds. Okay. That's my kind of go-to answer, at least now with the current system. Um, at V6, 5, and 6, mm-hmm. um, it was a little closer to a D and D an analogy, I guess, mm-hmm. um, because the pacing of the game was slower, or at least it felt slower to me. So Was that owing to having a, a fixed count of lives, so people spending their actions more carefully? It, to some degree, it's live, the live count. It was also the... Abilities that uh, people had were yeah, way different. Yeah. Um, you got taken out of the game longer. Uh, so, much like in D&D, if you, um, if you go down or... Or, or petrified or something like that in D&D, then there's some longer-term-esque uh, situations that you have to right. go through, um, whereas now that's not the case. You're out for 30 to 60 seconds. That's okay. it. So yeah. Back then, I mean, if you got if you got entangled, then you were out for three, well, a 300 count. Yeah, entangled of, of yesteryear is the same as Iceball now. Yes. Um, so they homogenized the system, and then 
it used to be five minutes. Life counts were five minutes. Um, all of the stationary stuff was five minutes or 300 count, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and things like that. So that pacing is what made it closer. And, and on top of the life count system with the life count system, it made you not want to engage every engagement. It made you want to pick a favorable, uh, engagement to go to. Cause if you lost a life, it's actually detrimental to your team. There was right? a lot more retreating and a lot more like, uh, positioning. The tug uh, of war was more interesting in some ways. Yeah. That said, I like the changes that they've made to the rule book. I like it being more involved in fast paced. Mm-hmm. It's easier for new people to get in because you're not sitting like, here's the, here's the downside to the system that Jeff just now described. If you're a new person and you're on one of these classes that have three lives, uh-huh. you're out of the entire game. That's going to last 45 minutes. First 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. First 10 minutes. Um, so, it's uh, and you all you had the ability to steal people's lives back then much easier than you do now, uh, as well. There were classes that could just you take, can't do it anymore, huh? Uh. It doesn't exist like like it used to. Yeah, you could just take someone's life. So even if you were a class that had five lives, I could kill you once, and with the right combination of people on the field, immediately shatter you out of the battle game. That's fun. And That's then you fair were done. and balanced and good. So. <laughs> Long way to say, uh, back on topic to the question, which is how would you compare it? I still to this day use, uh, when when I'm trying to sell this to someone who knows absolutely nothing about it, will still use D&D as a comparative tool. Mm -hmm. But I use it because we have a class system in our game and the names that our classes share uh, with D&D makes sense. The gameplay isn't the same, but again... We're not going into detailed gameplay in this. When you're talking to someone new, you are not telling them about your favorite battle game. Please don't be one of those people that say, this is my favorite D... Let me tell you about my favorite D&D campaign uh, to, to any of these people. Lauren. They don't... <laughs> Vidalia's in the, in the room here uh, with us playing on her phone. The <laughs> Doing important kingdom prime minister business. They wouldn't let me have a microphone. It's the patriarchy. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. That's going to be edited out, hon. <laughs> but um, you're touching on the surface level. So I've covered all of the other things. I've now moved on to we're talking about the battle game system. And I will say um, the closest thing I can compare it to would be sort of a live action uh, Dungeons and Dragons uh-huh. in that everyone That's has World a- of Warcraft. Yeah. <laughs> you just Ever, said World of Warcraft or, in a very roundabout way. I've actually used uh, MMOs as an example. I've said World of Warcraft before because uh, I, I tell them, you know, we have classes. Those classes, you'll recognize the names. It's Warrior and Barbarian and Wizard. And um, they have very specific uh, abilities. None of this is done in a theater of the mind. And I think that that's a really important thing to cover, especially if you have someone who is uh, used to role play. So. When I cast a spell at you, it is that that spell has a set range. Or when I, I'm charging up a, a nerf ball and hitting hitting you with that <laughs> nerf ball. And I mean, don't you're you're being you're being straightforward with these people. There are parts of our game that when you describe it sound really silly and deserve to be laughed at. But uh, if when, once they start seeing what's going on, because usually this uh, happens before an actual game is going to be run. Right, you're talking to them and say, you know, one of the easiest things to do is just watch, man. Um, I mean, yeah, but I you gotta you know you gotta hook them in first. You do, 
Um, so I'll tell them, uh, you know, easiest thing I can compare it to is D&D with the classes and things. Each class has different abilities. It's exactly what you would think. If you're playing the warrior, then your stuff is going to be things about getting in and being armored up and being able to, to shake off certain abilities and keep fighting till the end. If you're a wizard, you're going to be casting spells, which is throwing things that will... Well, okay, we're, we're getting ahead of the outline, though. I want to I want to kind of stick to this. Like I think sure. we have I think in in our own words we have all touched on like what we think is is important about Amphgard and what it compares to. Well, I was going to say there's three three avenues that I always hit, okay. right? So as soon as if it's a person who's walked up, right? Sure. Um then I usually ask them what interested you when you saw the game. Like okay. basically are you kind of a sports guy who just happens to like fantasy stuff? So you're like, oh, cool, I can get a workout and, and hit people. That sounds really fun. So you sell it to them as like the combat sport. You sell it to them through ditching and one-on-ones and militia games and things like that. Tournaments right? and the like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, two, uh, if they're kind of a, a PC gamer, console gamer or something like that, you sell it to them similar to World of Warcraft. You kind of give them a little brief workdown of, hey, you got classes. Uh, each class does... Uh, pretty much what you imagine them to do. Um, Except know. for Paladin. You can't play that one. Yeah, we can't fuck that. Um, yes, I can. <laughs> um, and then the third one is if if they have come either from a D&D uh, or kind of a lightest touch uh, aspect, um, they typically kind of get, uh, they're looking for a little bit more of the role play aspect of things. And that's when I actually give a little more detail into the ANS side of things uh, to some degree because it's usually they want to look a particular way or something like that too and so that's a really good way to to show them that side of it as well yeah. um, but also like sometimes the lightest touch type people just the amp card is not their kind of game because there isn't a role play section for 99% of the game basically yeah um, put a pin in lightest touch. I actually have that in the outline here and some of the, like the sub sub sections here. Yeah. Um, but I, I think we're going to touch on it today. Oh, okay, um, cool. So, so we will elaborate on that cause I'm still a little lost on what it means too. Yeah. So one last thing before we move on, yeah. cause I want to boil, we, we talked about quite a bit there. I talked for, for a while, boiling it down into five points, 14 minutes. Yeah. Boiling <laughs> it down into five points. One, exactly what, what, uh, Jeff said, start by asking questions. Hey, uh, my name's so-and-so, why'd you walk up? Um, because that's going to give you some information. They may just say, I saw a bunch of people, look cool. But you may get something more. So start with questions. Two, very brief outline of what it is. This should be less than a paragraph, where it's, hey, this is a fighting game and this is what we do. Uh, you can then talk about some of the other things. Let them ask questions. But you can then go into some of the other things like, yes, there's ANS, yes, there's role play. One of the main things we do is battle games, that sort of thing. But let it be an organic conversation that you're starting where you are responding to what's going on because they are the customers in this scenario. You are trying to, uh, you're trying to, to solve whatever problem they're, uh, they're putting forth. The problems in this case being, I don't know what you are and I want to, or I want more information about some certain point of the game. So I think you can really cover that in, in the five things that we, that we covered there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that kind of covers the first bit I have where what, what even is AmpGuard? So in our own words, we're kind of you know rattling through the things we think are important. Um, the next bit I think is actually like, I spent more time on this than I thought I would. <laughs> what does AmpGuard mean? And I don't, that is not one of those you know, quasi-metaphysical you know metaphysical questions of what does AmpGuard mean to you? What does the name AmpGuard mean? Where did it come from? The physical definition of AmpGuard, right? Sure. That depends on who you ask and what... 
uh, history they have been told. Uh, yeah, so there are at least four different theories on how Amthgard got its name. Um, and, and these are in no particular order, although I will save the most credible one for last. Um, and there's an AmpedWiki article that I will link in the comments below, um, along with just a whole bunch of other stuff. <laughs> um, so Amthgard, um, the, the first sort of popular myth is that Amthgard is a... Um, an acronym using the first initials of the original players of the game. So Aramithras, Medeth, Tawny, uh, Dark, Tawny Dark Falcon, um, Gilos, Adrenaline, Rift, and Dustin. Um, that is not correct because those people, the, some of those people are original players, like, you know, the original players, but not all of them. Hey, so, for anyone here in Winter's Edge, by the way, Sir Rift was one of the people that helped found our kingdom. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, you, you'll still see, like, names like Aramithras around uh, quite a bit. I know he was, for a long time, he held the Burning Lands. Like, he, he held the original contract or something. I, I think I've said this before, but it turns out he's on our Circle of Knights. The yeah. Winners at Circle of Knights, he made a post about something that we said. I was like, JW, <laughs> how did you get on our circle? <laughs> yeah, why are you here? Welcome. Oh, um, and also hi. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, no, no offense or anything. It's just like, man, the guy's everywhere. He um, is, yeah, busy guy. That is not correct. According to most sources, that actually is is not true, and people have fact-checked it and found that only a few of those names are original players. Um, so that, that one kind of falls flat. There is another um, theory that says that Amthgard is uh, essentially Norse and Icelandic in origin and refers to a, a, quote, land between Midgard and Valhalla, a plane of existence where heroes are more than human but still less than gods. Um, I never heard that one before yeah, in my yeah, life. That, that is, was one of the first ones that I actually heard. Really? That sounds yeah. like if you made an Amtgard pamphlet, what would go on it? Like, oh, yeah, it does, right? Like, it sounds like peak marketing bullshit. And, you, and, you stick that up at the, the, game, uh, the game board in your mall back in the day. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. So that, that also is not true. Uh, people who, who know how to, who know these languages, uh, can, they verified it. They, they're just like, no, that's bullshit. Um, there is a, another theory that um, the word Amthgard was invented by Peter Legrue, and we'll talk about him in a minute because he is the technically the founder of the game. Um, that Amt is German for office and Guard is a Norse word for world, um, so it stands for office world, also uh, discredited. Um, and, and kind of funny, like that one seems like an inside joke or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's one in the Ant Wiki that is really well written, so I'm not going to vamp on it. I'm just going to read it exactly as is. Uh, back in the beginning times of Amthgard, before there was a name, there was only the sword. Upon the sword was a cover, and the cover was but a mere tube sock. In those days, there was but one company which manufactured a tube sock, the length of which was appropriate for covering a sword. This company was Amped. Therefore, every sword had the letters AMT upon their cover. That's just that seems old man bullshittery. Yeah, but it, almost probable. <laughs> it, it sounds like what I would name something. Yeah, was... yeah. This is this, this is my this is Gildan Guard. Is it because you're all wearing Gildan T-shirts? Shut up. Okay. <laughs> um, no. So the, the those are all the the you know what if like uh, fake names, uh, pretend origins that people come up with. The most realistic one, um, and the one that we have the most evidence to support. Um, is that it was named after uh, some friends of Peter Legrue, the guy who created the game, uh, Matthew and I believe Katie or Kathy Ampt. Um, so that was Ampt was their last name. Um, so it is. it was named for two of his friends, um, and we'll get into a little bit of the reason why um, when we talk about Peter Legrue here in just a minute. Um, suffice it to say, that guy has a long story, and I'm going to put a link in the comments to read more because there are pages upon pages. 
Yeah, not uh, necessarily a great story either. No, it's it's tragic and fun. We're going to talk about it some. Yeah. But it's just we can't possibly. If, we're, if we were just to talk about this one dude, it would take us three hours. Yeah. Um, just to, to rattle through it. So there's a history of the, the origin of the name Amthgard, how it got it. It was named after the creator's friend. Um, so if somebody asks you, what does that stand for? Uh, Matthew Amped. Uh, <laughs> and, and was Matthew Amped one of the original players? No, not really. How does that work out? It just does. <laughs> um, so where and when did Amtgard start? Oh, I know this one. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, it started in Texas. Uh, the very first event was, uh, hold on. Is it the Attila the Hun's birthday yeah, bash it was, or something it was, like it was, it was, it was the birthday, uh, yep. bash. It was held at the site that later became the original location of our gathering of the crowns, mm-hmm. uh, which was Cloudcroft, New Mexico. And what year was that? Cause you're, you're all correct so far. 1981. Mm-mm. 1983. Three. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Amphgard was, uh, was started on February 12th, 1983 uh, by Peter LeGru uh, as an event in El Paso called Attila the Hun's Birthday Bash. Um, do you know what kind of spawned that? Um, that is another thing. Like what spawned the creation of Amphgard specifically? Well, l- let me, let me uh, put it to you a different way. Do you know Fraud. how? Huh? Fraud. Fraud? No. Um, that, that comes later. <laughs> it's Fraud a, and it's a good answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Um, so actually, Attila the Hun's birthday bash was born out of a uh, like a very early proto dagger here rulebook. Oh yes, the very there's still copies of the the original Guard rulebook it's in some places. Straight and, up copy and pasted pictures and all. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't know if there was any difference. Uh, the original the Attila the Hun's birthday bash. It I I looked and I I will not say this a hundred percent factually, but from what I can tell, the original. Uh, Attila the Hun's birthday bash was a one-to-one copy. Um, yeah, because Ampguard 1.0 didn't come out for a couple of years after that. Yeah, it wasn't even called Ampguard that early on. Yeah, it was, right, it was right. just Attila the Hun's birthday bash, and then it, it sort of floated around as this thing that people did. Um, so yeah, you're you're dead on on the, the location. That was in El Paso, Texas, um, and that was in 1983, Attila the Hun's birthday bash. Um, and so we're, we're kind of at that point where I can't tease it anymore. Um, we have to talk about who... Peter LeGru was. <laughs> um, so there is, uh, oh, sweet Lord. I just, I pulled up the Amtweeky just to make sure I had it right. And uh, scrolled for a while. I, I scrolled and it just kept going. You know, when you scroll and the page just kind of drifts like a boat at sea, it's just like, <laughs> it did that um, for a lot longer than it should have. Um, so Peter LeGru is the original founder of Amtguard. Um, he, he started this thing. He, he wanted to do a, a sort of Dagger Here event. He had uh, originally played Dagger Here. Um, and when he moved to El Paso, he wanted to, to sort of bring that to where he was. Um, as far as I can tell, the original Amtgard event, the original uh, Attila the Hun's birthday bash, was sold as a, a big event involving like siege engines and tents and all kinds of stuff. And uh, the, the main attendants of that event were a high school sci-fi club. Um, and when Sounds they showed right. up, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and so far as I can tell, uh, when they showed up, there was nothing but like a few swords. So, you know, I mean, it, it first thing didn't go so well, but there were, um, there were weapons. They had a tournament. Um, this was actually the first tournament was held on the first event. And that was won by, I mentioned this name earlier, uh, Tawny Dark Falcon, um, yep. which was the first queen of Amthgard. By winning the tournament, she won the title of queen of Amthgard. 
And yeah. then Peter Legrew installed himself as Grand Poobah, which was just slightly better than than Queen. <laughs> yeah, she was also... Uh, Tawny was really, really cool. If I'm not mistaken, she was also the first Serpent Knight once the belts were split, because originally there was only one knighthood in Amp Guard. Right. Um, and uh, stayed active for a really long time. She just recently, in sometime in 2000, I think she passed away. She did, yeah. Um, but yeah, so so Peter the Gru uh, has this event. He has this tournament. He doesn't win it for whatever reason. Um, so he makes the winner of the tournament the, the monarch and then makes himself slightly better monarch with slightly more privileges. Fun how that works out. So um, from that point on, uh, it was it was a club, right? It was essentially proto Amthgard. Um, he charged people every week uh, to play. Um, it doesn't say exactly how much; it just says charging each week for people to play. Um, he also uh, uh, charged for the rule book, which at the time I don't think would have been totally uh, legal because it was a dagger here rule book, so it wasn't even his material to to redistribute. Um, but he did anyway. Um, so he, he does this, he has this this early bit of, of park and this, this early bit of power, and then it looks like, from what I can tell, there's a big falling out that happens somewhere in between. Um, there's different reasons as to why uh, people think this happens. Some people think it's just a, a control thing, um, because he wanted to be that grand poobah, and he wanted to, to be the, the lording figure over Anthgard, but it doesn't look like that stuck around. People eventually did push him out of that position, um, and at a certain point he... He left the game, tried to come back, and would not be given his titles back because we had sort of structured the game at the point at which he came back, and uh, those titles didn't exist. Grand Poobah wasn't a thing, and we weren't going to make it a thing just for this one person. Yeah. Um, so the, the short ending of that story, because there's a lot, but the short ending of that story is at some point in the mid-'80s, um, Amphgard and Peter Legrew parted ways. Um, Tawny Dark Falcon, the first queen, sort of helped set up the initial structure, um, and then everyone who came after... Um, continue to do that as well. They built onto the game and built structures and built awards. Uh, I have an early timeline of Amphgard that I'll just I'll rattle through real quick. These are the um, biggest changes. So game starts in 1983. Sorry. Um, version 1.0 is released. And remember, this is a dagger here rulebook. Um, but we also added on the assassin and archer classes. That's that first year. 1984, uh, monk, bard, and barbarian were created. Um, in 1985, the monster class and... I can only find passing references to this, but a non-magical version of Bard was created. And that never resurfaces. Um, also in 1985 was when the Knighthood Paths split. Well, we got to talk a little bit. Go back and listen to uh, Randall's episode. Sir Randall, if you haven't seen it, he's an amazing episode. Mm -hmm. He talked about Bard in the early days and oh. when it was being added as a magic class. Remember, he was doing like the very, very early beta testing for mm -hmm. it. Okay. So yeah, that, that is around this time. A non-magical Bard gets created. Um, and I guess that didn't survive some of the renditions of our rulebook. Um, in 1987, they, they officially changed the crown position to an elected position. So up until then, you had to be the best fighter to also try to be the best leader. However, that worked. It's um, the SCA still does it that way. Like that was something that DAG had borrowed from SCA and that we borrowed from DAG. Yeah, the whole the whole right of arms thing. I don't. I'm glad we don't do it now, but that's how it was back then. Yeah. Um, so then the, the last bit on the timeline I have here is 1988, because from this point, um, so 1988 is the founding of, of Baraduin, um, which has been very notable for being the first non-Burning Lands Amphgard group. Um, and that's also when the 5.0 rule set came out. So there's a lot of, a lot of iteration happening in our game from, from 1983 to 1990, or 1988. Uh, you go from version 1.0 to version 5.0, which at that point, I think we were almost fully divorced from the DAG rule set. 
Um, so that's where I sort of stop my my timeline here from those early days because uh, 1988 founding of Baraduin, uh Sir Michael's episode is is basically everything since then. Yeah, mm-hmm. agreed. So those are kind of the the highlights and the the big things that happen in between then. Um, but yeah, Peter Legrew was the founder of the game. He kind of gets ousted and apparently ha- like he will turn up occasionally. Um, it doesn't seem like the guy's doing so hot. I don't know what's going on, but he has he has sworn off Amthgard. He's a sworn enemy for for all <laughs> intents and purposes. Um, and that's actually one of the things as well with the origin of the name. Uh, he named it after his friend as an attempt to, I guess, gain favor. There's a whole write-up on uh, ESAM, which I will also link to. Um, I think I mentioned this, but there's a whole write-up on ESAM from Matthew Amt uh, about oh, that. Oh, wow. That yeah, I read yeah. it years ago i feel like yeah and from what i, I read that. it seemed like a, a sort of a appeasement attempt if that makes sense like kind of a hey let me back in i'll name the game after you and like mm-hmm. you know or or maybe it was hey let me stay and i'll name the game after you and he did it and it didn't work um so that's kind of like how the game gets to you know to spring into existence um and thanks to some some really good leadership early on um we save the game from being some some random clone that dies in a year well so this is a very, very small tangent, but kind of an important one. Hmm? From Ampguard's very early days, it seems like we were doomed to attract people that want to be uh, tyrants, for lack of a better word. Cult leaders, maybe, is a, is a better one. I was about to say that. And, and the important ending to this is that from our early days, there were people that stood up and said, no, we are not going to allow this to happen. We're not going to let you... Uh, monopolize all of this or, or consolidate this to where you're the Grand Poobah or whatever. Right. I think that's the most interesting part is that, like, this could have been something that just folded back into Dagger here. Like, that yep. part could have died and, you know, whatever. It never would have taken off. But um, I think, I think you know, the first queen has a lot to do with that because there's, there's a lot of mention of her, like, saying no to his, yeah. to his impulses. So I think that's really cool. Um, and I think, like you said, there's, you know, people with common sense standing up and saying, what the fuck are you doing? I want to go ask one of the, the older players. M- Michael may know the answer to that. If you're watching this, uh, any of the more experienced uh, players or people that are a little bit better of an amp guard historian than I am, um, I believe that the Phoenix being used as a, a knightly symbol was also Tawny. I believe that that was... It. I remember this story and I don't remember the details if you've ever had one of those. I think it was either she invented the symbol or it was her personal symbol or something... It, it came from her, I'm pretty sure. Supposedly, while well, I'm buying time for Lucas to look this up. I'm looking it up. Um, I don't see anything about supposedly, it. Supposedly, going on about the, the, the knighting type aspect, um, prior to seven, um, before you were able to play a paladin or anti-paladin, you had to sign in as knight for six weeks. Yep. Um, <laughs> supposedly, that comes because whenever it was, when Amgar was created, the first knight was knighted after six weeks. So that waiting period became the waiting period that was traditional in the game. Oh, that's really cool. We'll need to do more research on that. And again, this is where our listeners come in. And yeah. They type I mean, something this, in the this is stuff that I've heard read randomly around the, the amped world kind of thing. So like, I can't say this is a hundred percent it, but that's yeah, same, that's same on the, the story Phoenix I've thing. heard. Yeah. Yeah. Same on the Phoenix thing. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I just remember having that conversation drunkenly with someone at an event decades ago. Uh, to be clear, this is how most amp guard history gets passed down. Not only is it an oral tradition, but it's also a drunken oral tradition. So, <laughs> boy, does it shapeshift. Um, I'm trying to find... So does a good flow story. Right. 
<laughs> the best stories are living stories, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing there's nothing specific on the Phoenix here other than just like a bunch of fluff about why it's a Phoenix. Leave uh leave in the comments. If you know the if you know the reasoning behind the Phoenix, leave in the comments. Mm -hmm. and, and if you think it should be a different cooler bird, like an eagle or a turkey, a turkey. then ah, damn it, we are really in the drift and it I hate sucks, it. doesn't it? <laughs> wow, that's very concerning. It looks like the hand from the Adams family is trying to steal my vape. Do it again. All right. This is this is my lovely fiance stealing my vape. Um so that's the origin of the name. Um and Amthgard did start as a LARP. Um so this comes to the next point, which is what the fuck is a LARP? So the you know, it, for those of you who don't know, it's live action role playing game <clears throat> or yeah. role playing. I guess game's not necessarily in it, um, but there are many, many versions of that. Basically, mm -hmm. um, so and, and it's also regional uh, to a degree. Um, so we have the Americanized LARPs, which are basically Ampgard, Dagahir, um, and Belgarth, which are more combat heavy. Does SCA count as a LARP? Yes, I think it does anyway. Wait, a reenactment is just a LARP. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, and and until like I like you said, a lesser degree in that aspect, uh, SCA as well. Um, <clears throat> then there's the what we generally call lightest touch LARPs, which is going to be like Nero. Um, and What's the hero one? Uh, that I think it's just called Hero. Yeah, well, yeah, okay. I think that's regionally a Tennessee thing or well, something. Close explain to, that. to me real quick what is lightest touch and how do we differ from that? So lightest touch is basically anything that touches you is it uh, where we have light and where, where we don't have light per se like dagger here and belgarth does but we have draw cuts and we have we have know. conditional things that make a shot not a shot right? yeah to, to spell this out we are using the types of shots that are considered legal in different games to define those games games like dag and bell you can be hit and it not be hard enough to count it wasn't yeah. a it wouldn't in it, role play sense, it wouldn't have been good enough to actually injure you. Right. And in SCA, like, I don't even know what the rule is there, but apparently you just go until the other person goes, ow. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how that works. In Amptguard, we have shots that do not count, but we have tried to specify above just it being light. So things like a draw cut, if I miss a stab or something like that yeah. and it just saws past him, don't count. Lightest touch by comparison usually have rules on how hard you can hit. Yes. So you cannot go above... And how many times uh, per second you can actually swing. Right. Uh, and things uh. like this. There's a lot of interesting things. There's some differing factors, like um, if you touch the sword with your block, anything that touches you doesn't count for some of them. Some of them, it's still just if it touches you, it touches you. That's all it is. Okay. Um, so this one's like a broad term uh, that kind of just is the role-play-focused rather than combat-focused mm -hmm. uh, groups. Um, mm -hmm. And then there's the European style, or a European style anyway, which is kind of like what I think Bickley in Canada, I think it's Canada anyway, someone can correct me, I'm sure, um, is where you are in control of you. So if me and Flo are fighting, at some point, one of us are, is going to decide we are going to lose. Not that the other, that not that I'm going to win, I am going to lose in this battle some way or another. I'm going to basically allow a shot to continue through and hit me and decide you have injured my arm, you have killed me, you have done something, and it is a role-playing aspect where it's much closer to... Um, a 
Kind of vampire LARP in a way, I guess. I that's like another the old masquerade. Like, my immediate yeah. thought was it's like when I played Army Men as a kid and there yeah. were no rules here. Like pew, that's pew, actually pew. the more oh, an- analogous uh, thing than than a vampire. Vampire LARPs are actually another kind of thing, which is closer to a parlor LARP, which yeah. is like a thing where you where combat doesn't happen physically, where it's like rock paper scissors dis, uh, decides what combat happens or some other um, non aggressive format i guess yeah. sometimes i've seen i've i actually participated in a masquerade larp uh when i was younger for a couple of their big events and you would roll dice mm-hmm. i was just an npc so i was meant to deliver a very specific message and i could be persuaded without having to roll dice just through good role play yes or someone could role play and then reach a point where they say uh you know i am going to roll and they would t- and if they got a success, which in that game on a D10 was an 8, 9, or 10, then they succeeded and they got the information. It right. was an interesting so, system. So to, to broadly define uh, LARP, live-action role-play, um, just like you know a lot of games are role-playing games, so you, you start the game and you are Cloud, um, and that is the character you play throughout the entire thing. Or if you like better RPGs, you are uh, Lavitz from Legend of Dragoon <laughs> because that's a yeah. good game. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. It. Um, Final Fantasy 7 is trash. I'm sorry. It's not trash. It's just not as good as Legend of Dragoon. Yeah. It's got, Agreed. Is mean, Legend of Dragoon the one that when you open up the CD cover, the back of the CD cover said this should last you until uh, Final Fantasy 7 comes out? I don't remember. I, know I don't I had think like so. Five no, that was Wild Arms. Wild yes. Arms, for any of our old PlayStation players, actually had a thing in the back that said... This role-playing game should last you until Final Fantasy VII comes out. Right. But to, to broadly define a LARP, though, you are you are playing a character. And that character is you. Um, you can spec it out with whatever kit you think is appropriate. You can uh, have a class, maybe, that is you know that defines your character in some way. You take on a persona name. That's why in Anthgard, I am Cabbage and not Lucas. Um, that's why he is Flo and not Gary. That's why he's Teflon and not Jeff. Um, so you take on the role of that person. Um, and some of the people we've interviewed take on multiple characters. Regan mm-hmm. had a whole week. A whole week, yeah. Swig- Swiggity Swooty is the only one that I remember, and I <laughs> yeah. feel like it's the only one I need to. <laughs> so so you are playing a role of some kind. Uh, to, to take it back to wrestling, um, you know, th- those people are not, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, Roman Reigns is not actually Roman Reigns. I mean, it's kayfabe, right? Are you saying that our big red mayor is not actually... I, Kane? Listen, I hate our big red mayor. I fucking hate him. I can't. By the way, Kane is the actual mayor of Knoxville right yep. now to yeah. anyone from not, not from this area that didn't know. Yeah, he's the big red machine. He's the big red mayor. Glenn uh, Jacobs. He's yep. a tortured soul. You don't know right from wrong. It's a poor lost soul. <laughs> yeah. That part's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, actually, uh, damn it. I'm going to make a tangent. When he won uh, the election of mayor, he came out to his wrestling song. He did, yeah. Which is, I think, Slow Chemical by Finger Eleven. Yeah. Like he came out to make a speech to that song. He choked Sam someone during a quote unquote debate or something yeah, like that yeah, too. Yeah, it was, I a, think. It was I guess... a mock debate where he put somebody through a table. We're yeah. living in idiocracy times and it sucks. <laughs> it's so bad. Anyway, um, LARP. so yeah, LARP, you are playing a character. That is the broadest definition. I think from, from all of the thing, things that Teflon and Flo have said, Antguard kind of picks and chooses a lot of those things. So we're not a lightest touch LARP. Um, you know, no, we, we don't have as big of an immersion. We're not a lot of lightest touch LARPs also have a well-defined world and we have a non-defined world at all. Yeah, period. I mean, end of story. The Amp Guard world is kind of made up of our 
geographic locations. Like we very much follow the map of the United States. Our kingdom is Tennessee and Alabama and Georgia and a couple of other things. But talk about immersion really quick because that's something I had on my list because some LARPs have a, a bigger immersion factor. Yeah, I think so it's Jeff's, Jeff's going to have a big one on here. I want to give a very brief synopsis before he goes because okay, sure. his is going to be a lot better than mine. <laughs> when, we say immer- when we say immersion, the way that we are using the word for a LARP is that the whole world is set. So picture, if, if you're more of a D&D person, picture that you are actually inside Forgotten Realms. You're using actual names from that setting. Or if you're, if you're not that big, you are actually, on, on D&D lore, you're actually inside the Marvel Universe. So mm-hmm. all of those things that exist in the Marvel Universe... You know, Pym Tower is actually a place that you could roleplay going in some way. Right. Um, that is what we mean by uh, immersion. And it can be as deep or as shallow as your particular group chooses to do it. I think what Jeff is going to touch on is an example of, one of some of the lightest touch, which is as deep as you can go. They would actually be in Elwyn Forest well, in the Lord of the Rings. They're actually one step from the deepest because I feel like the European LARPs go the farthest as far as immersion That's goes. They can Damn do the Europeans. Uh, well, yeah, there's that too. Um, so immersion, uh, Lucas, probably um, pulling a, a flat definition of immersion might be really good here. Um, uh, but yeah. I'm going to go ahead and continue as well. Um, so again, their worlds are very defined. So um, they uh, usually have a name for the area or world even at uh at its largest and then you are usually playing in a specific part um i played in uh, a lightest touch called exodune um and they played in what was called the fifth ward if i remember correctly and that was very specific part of an island that the entire world or the entire game took place in right so immersion is just a deep mental involvement Um, So this can be, you know, I have seen some pretty immersive moments in Amthgard where, you know, people are playing a character that has a full accent, that has a full uh, garb with a coterie of people with them, um, you know, that kind of thing. For the most part in Amthgard, I feel like the biggest points of immersion are during certain types of games and during, uh, like, feasts and nightings. Yeah, Um, agreed. And and that's pretty much the the end of it. So if you're at an Amthgard event, you, you don't have to be in full character all the time you can it certainly adds to the game and i think it's really cool but it's not a requirement Mm -hmm. um these lightest touch games typically again uh defined and they define the the um races and stuff too and sometimes they're different from what we think of them in a DD term Mm -hmm. um and with those they carry requirements to play that class and that requirement is to be met on the first day that you go and play as well so if you need to have uh let's say a knoll right you would need to have some form of ears uh that were furry and if you were a spotted striped or something other kind of knoll that could be a thing so you would have to show that you are which one of the subclasses of knoll in it um, Noel spelled G N O L L, right? Correct. Okay. Um, and Noel's the dog people. Yes. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, uh, they're kind of hyenas. Yeah. Hogger Hyena. was a null. If yeah. you're oh, old yeah, World yeah. of Warcraft player. Um, yeah. Forty man level one raid on Hogger. Let's go. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, defining those and and then uh, on top of that, sometimes they define different parts of the world that you come from. So not only are you having to find yourself inside the uh, uh, the racial uh, modifiers, I guess, uh, for the racial requirements for the, the character you're playing. You also have to form to some of the regional requirements. So, like, if you are from Atlanta, not Atlanta, 
<laughs> Atlantis. Oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. The mystical land, <laughs> land of Atlanta. It, just, it was so, like, oh, the racial requirement. You know, like, if you're from Atlanta. <laughs> that was so bad. <gasps> what a slip. Uh, <laughs> um, but if you're from Atlantis, then you have to, to portray, like, in your garb, um, the trends in Atlantis at the time. It's gotta or something be wet like that. all the time. Yeah, right. It's gotta be let wet. Uh, <laughs> God, I can't speak today. That's just the problem. Now you're good. Uh, um, or like they're all in. They're always wearing Spray light gold. blues and flowing oh. clo- uh, clothing and things like that. So you have to maintain that requirement inside your your gear as well. Hmm. Um, I don't know if they go so as far as to say like these are the only weapons you're allowed to use from these parts of things, but that could easily be something. Um, so they define everything. So the moment that you get into the game and you look at someone, if you've read through the rule book at all, you know what they are, where they're from, and what likely their uh, reactions to certain things will be. Okay, yeah. So so to broadly define, immersion are the, the bounds, the minimum and maximum bounds of um, uh, of commitment that is expected from anyone within the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one uh, someone, someone that I spoke with uh, that I was... That was new that I was talking to use this to describe it, and I thought it was really good. Avatar had just now come out at the time, and they said, "Oh, it's kind of like you always know a waterbender when you see it in the show, or you always know a firebender when you see it in the show because yep. they're all generally dressed the same." I was like, "Yeah, it's exactly like that." Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, how does Amphgard play into that then? Because we are, as far as I can tell, we are, we're not a lightest touch LARP, um, and our immersion factor ranges all over the board. You do not have to commit to any character, but you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, in a way, it's a zero. Right, yeah, it's because a, you can do whatever you want. I can be a gnome from twenty four thirty or something like that that's been transported via time travel back here, and I'm trying to kind of disguise myself in the medieval fantasy uh, realm of things. Yeah, you can bend it to fit into yeah, yeah it, like to get to give anyone uh, to give everyone a very base definition of what I have, what has been my typical experience in Ampgard. Um, <clears throat> When you're out at the local, look, pe- there are people at different parks that handle this in different ways and different parks that handle it in different ways. In general, when you're just sitting around drinking water and stuff like that, nobody's talking in character and doing any of those things. You're joking about whatever new show came on Netflix. That was one other point that I forgot to make. In those lightest touch LARPs and things like that, you're expected to be your character pretty much the entire time. The time or they yeah. have a time frame that you are in character and then once like 9 p.m. hits then you can be out or something like that yeah, yeah. and and like I, i've seen things where you'd be like oh yeah i was watching the show on netflix and somebody will come up to you and be like what netflix what is this you know yes. they'll, they'll try to rope you back into the scenario yeah absolutely so with amp guard uh we uh, i agree with jeff we're we're a zero commitment uh 99 of the time um people aren't people are not in uh, character when we're out ditching or doing militia battles, which is in general our version of warming up or or getting better at a particular fighting style. There's no no abilities coming into play. It's just you and whatever weapon combination you have. When you sit down to do a battle game, again, depending on what park you're at, you may see some people getting more into character. I have been to parks that were very, very serious about being in character and looking the part whenever they were in a battle game. And I've been to plenty of parks where people were wearing you know ray-bans with tie-dye uh uh tank tops on and and flip-flops and they're like yeah man i'm a barbarian um (laughs) so i would say that the majority of the people uh that i see are not role-playing in battle games outside uh, like at their regular park 
Um, kingdom level events are a little different. You see more roleplay there. Uh, and again, it's going to vary based on the park that you've been to as well. I'm telling you my personal experiences in it. Um, kingdom level, you see more roleplay. Uh, the, the things that you're doing there, the big grand quests, are meant to be a little bit more showy and a little bit more in, involved in the roleplay. We also don't have a minimum garb level. Even Dagger here in Belagarth do, do yeah. uh, which is an interesting point to well, some degree. Well, we, we kind of do. Right, if you want to actually play a class in our game past a certain threshold, mm-hmm. you need to have guard. Yeah, but we don't require it, whereas the others actually require it. Yeah, so they even show up on field. Yeah. So yeah. here's an example. Uh, the talking to to Bell, uh, who was is plays uh, Bellygarth, uh, but that's not where he got the name from. Um, you're not allowed to like you can't carry around a can of beer or a can of Coke. Uh, people will m- get little. Uh, clay containers to slide it down into so that it looks like they're drinking from a clay cup or something like that. Um, you can't go out with Nikes on your shoes. If You you can go buy Nike cleats if you want to, but then you have to put, uh, what are they called? The little things? That well, bats, technically or, uh, you can't use cleats in, yeah, in sorry, Dagon Cle- Bell, but... Cleats might have been a bad example. Spats but, that cover your... Yeah, spats spats like, or some sort of covering that covers up modern uh, logos, logos and, and things like that. Whereas in Amped Guard, we would just sell it as ye olden swoosh. Yeah. <laughs> and like, that's it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, this is one of those things, uh, though, I, I want to point out the because we've been talking about two different things uh, here, the uh, the big differences. That lightest touch that Jeff was talking about is that these things are required. None of these things are required in AmpGuard, but there are some parks that do do that. They want that flavor. Um, and if you're, wanna, if you're at a park that doesn't have a lo- whole lot of role play, talk to people about wanting to do it. There's probably other people at your park that are interested in doing something. You build it uh, and they like will that. come. Yeah, basically. absolutely. So a couple more things here. Um, uh, before I touch on what is our last bullet point for this episode, I want to give a quick TLDR of all the things we've kind of gone through. Sure. Um, so this first episode has been, what even is Amptguard? Um, and I've got a, a nice TLDR written here. Amptguard was born as a Dagger Here offshoot in El Paso in 1983 uh, by Peter LeGru. Um, it is named for a friend of his named Matthew Ampt. Um, it is a live-action role-playing game, but it has no uh, minimum level of commitment in terms of either role-play um, or in terms of combat. Does that sound like a good wrap-up? It does, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the last thing I want to talk about is something called The Dream. And it gets referenced a lot. You'll see a lot of um, AIBOD officials reference it. They'll say, in service to The Dream. Um, And it comes up a lot when uh, kind of higher echelon stuff happens with AmpGuard. The Dream uh, was somewhat named uh, named after and inspired by a song called The Impossible Dream from a musical called uh, Man of La Mancha. Um, the dream, or the, the quote, the dream that is Amptgard, refers to the way that Amptgard should ideally be experienced. Um, it's an atmosphere of brotherhood and acceptance. Uh, one of the things that makes Amptgard unique is that people from different and mundane walks of life, people who would not normally associate with one another otherwise will, in Amptgard, take the field side by side as com- uh, comrades in arms. Um... There are also more definitions of the dream. Uh, as I, I, the Amtwiki says, there are as many definitions of the dream as there are Amtgarders. Um, but in all of those, it is how they believe Amtgard should optimally be experienced. So you'll see that referenced a lot um, if you pay attention to some of the social media stuff. Um, and, and that was started fairly early on with our game. What are you, what are you doing? 
Sorry, I just now noticed Jeff's tan line, and it's super oh, bothered. Delivery it's, man tan it, line. It, yeah, it right. <laughs> it, 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 mine's not that, but oh, oh God. <laughs> oh, I have I have hella farmer's tan. Oh, yeah, dude, yeah. me too. Look, look at me go. Yeah, it's all the disc golf. Um, so so that is sort of the the intro to what is AmpGuard. We've we've kind of covered some of the the early questions that a lot of people have, like what the hell does it stand for, and why does it exist. Um, we'll get into more stuff next week. Um, why don't we talk about what we're doing tomorrow and what we have coming up this weekend? Oh, okay. Because we are going to uh, our grand nights, I guess, uh, uh, Stinkfoot's. He probably won't watch this episode, so it won't nighting? break the... He knows yep. he's getting knighted by now. Yeah, but he didn't know we were coming. It's, oh. he won't watch, he, he's not going to watch this, though. Yeah, this is going to go up at noon tomorrow. He's, he's yeah, got a there's very no small way. window. Um, but yeah, so uh, my knight, who you've heard me talk about before, Stinkfoot, uh, is getting his third belt. Um, and so we're heading down... Which ones does he have? Uh, he has Serpent, listening. Crown, and now Flame? Yeah, he does have the traffic light of belts. <laughs> oh, wow, um, he does. And uh, and so he's getting he's getting his flame. He actually qualified for it a long time ago. Um, but uh, Florida has a lot of people that are getting knighted that it was their first belt, and you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's going to be an exciting thing. I think they're having like a kingdom level event there uh, at at his local park, um, and really looking forward to that. So we're all going to pile in the van and and head down for that. Um, Let's see. We're playing some disc golf while we're down there too. Man, we got to get some disc golf merch. Um, so that's that's a good teaser. I think we can leave it here. Um, I don't want to make these episodes too long because there's a lot to cover, and, and I want people to be able to listen to it and understand without having to deal with us for two whole hours every episode. Yeah, sure. Um, but that does kind of touch on what we're going to talk about next week, which is how does it work, and that's the social structure and hierarchy, um, and then the kind of combat uh, side of that as well. So in that social structure, we talk about knighthoods and, and things like that. Sure. Uh, Lucas, you want to roll this out? Absolutely. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on YouTube or Spotify to get notified about new episodes. Man, and make sure to follow us on Facebook for announcements. <laughs> and more.